Diwali, the Festival of Lights, is a vibrant and colorful celebration that marks the victory of light over darkness and good over evil. We invite you to celebrate Diwali with a drive through two and a half miles of sparkling lights at the Bull Run Festival of Lights in Centerville, Virginia. The Bull Run Festival of Lights is open November 10th through January 7th. Save time and money by purchasing a ticket online at bullrunfestivaloflights.com. That's bullrunfestivaloflights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith. It's the last message in our series, Living Large. It's going to be amazing. Lift your phones. Lift your Bibles. Let's go. I'm ready to hear. Then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Father, speak to us now with clarity. Speak to us right now with power. Lord, have your way in us today. Father, we thank you for the praise that's gone forth, for the worship that's gone forth, for the giving that's gone forth. And now, Father, we thank you for your word. We're ready to receive your word. Your word sharpens us. Your word makes us better. Your word makes us stronger. Your word is like a dual-edged sword. That means that it cuts going in and it cuts coming out. What is it cutting? It's cutting away the stuff on us that needs to go. It's cutting away the stuff on us that needs to change. So today, Father, we say, speak to us. Speak, Lord. We are ready to hear and obey. Your word says that you would uh, pray that those that would have an ear, he that has an ear, let him hear. In other words, he that's in position to listen. I pray that everybody that's in this building... And everybody that's on every digital campus, that we would have an ear to hear. Open us up and speak to us now in Jesus' name. Can I get everybody to just lift your hands and worship for about five seconds right there? Come on, five. Come on, open your mouth and worship. What does it mean to worship? Tell them how awesome he is. Tell them how great he is. Tell them how strong he is. Tell them how mighty he is. Tell them that you're grateful. You're grateful that you get to clap. Grateful that you get to serve. Come on here, y'all. Father, we're grateful that we get to stream today. There are people who can't stream. There are people that don't have the resources to make. We're grateful right now in the name of Jesus. Can I just get everybody on the count of three to holler, thank you, Jesus. One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. So listen, guys, we are in. The last message of our series, Living Large, which means to live wealthy and successful, based on Isaiah chapter 54. Let me just remind you of where we've been this entire month. In the book of Isaiah 54, we uh, come to this chapter where it has no connectivity to chapter 53. Chapter 54 literally begins 
And it starts, and it has nothing to do with the prior chapter. It literally is a prophetic chapter because it's saying to us, watch me, that just like that, things can change. And for some of you, I need you to hear me. I need you to stop walking in fear, stop walking in doubt, stop walking in concern and anxiety. Why? Because just like God did it back then, he can do it again. In 53, he was talking about something else. And in chapter 54, he starts telling his people, it's time for them to live large. And I want to speak that into your life. I don't care what was going on last week. Look at me. I don't care what was going on last night. That was then, and this is now. God has got the ability to change things just like that. And I need some of y'all to just snap your finger just like that, because that's how it's going to be for you. It's going to be just like that. One moment you're at the back of the line, the next moment you're going to be at the front of the line. One moment you were written, and the next moment you're going to be owning. One moment you were struggling, and the next moment you're going to be the new CEO. Y'all not saying nothing. God has got the ability to change things quickly for you, and that's what... This chapter in Isaiah was all about is that things began to change quickly. In Isaiah 53, he's talking about one thing. In Isaiah 54, he busts out in verse 1. And what does he say in verse 1? He says, sing, come on, oh barren one. In other words, he says, listen, I want to introduce something brand new in you and through you. And I need you to hear me. When we're talking about living large to be shalom and successful, shalom, that Hebrew word, that means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, and all is well. And to be successful, that means that you're doing what it was you were sent to the earth and created to do. When we are talking about that, I need you to hear me. God says, listen, just like that, I want to start it. Which means, which means, I need you to hear me. Some of you, you're going to have to adjust to very sudden, swift change. Can I be honest with you? What we've seen in the natural, where all of a sudden we had to change how we interact. Change where we go. Change how we act. We created a term, social distancing. You and I ain't never heard that term before. You ain't never heard of no social distancing. What ended up having to happen? Things had to change quickly so that we could adjust to what was going on. And for some of you, I need you to hear me. You're going to have to change quickly to adjust what's getting ready to come your way. You're going to have to change quickly to adjust to the favor that's about to hit your life. You're going to have to adjust quickly to the healing that's about to hit your life. You're going to have to adjust quickly to going from struggling to being a distribution center. You better hear me. It's going to happen quick, fast, and in a hurry. I dare everybody that believes God's going to do it quickly to just snap your finger one time right there. Snap your finger again. Do it prophetically like that. Just like that, things change in Isaiah 54. And God uses this imagery of a barren widow woman to represent his people post-Jesus. Now, Isaiah is written thousands of years before God ever steps in a body that was called Jesus that would walk the earth. Isaiah writes this, but he's writing it about what happens to God's people after Jesus comes into their life. I need you to catch that. He writes it thousands of years before we even know to call him Jesus. And he, when he writes it, he's writing about something that would happen after Jesus comes into somebody's life. Which tells us this. God always creates solutions before there's ever a problem. And can I be honest with you about you? You are the solution to a problem. You better hear me. You are the solution to a problem, which is why you can't allow your problems to get you bogged down because then you will never be successful and shalom because instead of solving problems, you helping other folk create them. And I rebuke your negative friendships. I rebuke your negative family relationships. I rebuke the generational baggage that's been put on you. It makes you think you're supposed to be messed up, jacked up, tied up, tangled up. And I speak life into you. You are the answer to a problem. Somebody been praying for you. 
Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. A city's been praying for harvest to come. Y'all ain't saying nothing. We are the answer to a problem. Before there was ever an issue, before there was ever an issue, God creates a solution in Isaiah. Because he says, my people, they're going to be barren. She means they're going to be unproductive, and they're going to be like a widow woman. That means they're going to be uncovered. They're going to be unprotected. And watch this. A widow suggests that at one point things were good, and then things changed. Can we talk for a moment? Have you ever been in a place in life where you can look back and say, I remember when it was good, and then I can trace when things change? Can, can we just talk for a moment? You ever been in a place in a life where you thought you had a good relationship? Come on, let's talk. And you can say, watch this. I remember when the relationship was good. And then all of a sudden you're looking and saying, and then something changed. Can I let you in on game real quick? It was never good. Let me help somebody right there. Because if it was good, watch this, it would have lasted. The Bible says that proof that they were not with you was that they walked out on you. Because had they been with you, they would have remained with you. What are you trying to say, Bishop? Sometimes the real issue that we've got to deal with is what we call good. Because what we call good was never good. It was a mirage. It only looked good for a minute. It only looked good, watch this, when we ignored all of the flags that were right in front of us. It only looked good, watch me, because you didn't realize that her name wasn't Jenny, it was Judas. Y'all ain't saying nothing. His name wasn't Jimmy, his name was Judas. Sometimes you think it's good, but it's not really what it was that you thought. Now, the reality is, is this, is that in Isaiah 54, he uses this widow woman, which suggests that at one point things were good, at least in her mind. If remember, this imagery of this widow woman is you and I. Now, check this out. From Isaiah 54, I've talked to messages, living large, <clears throat> large trouble, large prayers, large fish, large change, large lessons, large words, large layovers. And today, here it is, large giving. Now, what do you mean, large giving? Bishop, can I let you in on a secret? Your increase comes from your release. You are not going to get blessed, watch this, because of what somebody else releases. You're going to get blessed because of what you release. I need y'all to hear me. I need you to stop, watch me, to stop getting excited about other people getting it, which is good. You should get excited. But I need you to get excited about it coming to your house. I need you to open your mouth and release this. We ain't said it in a little while. Uh, watch this in a message, but let's release it right now. I need you to type it on the screen. My house is next. Now. Now, listen, your living comes from your giving. Okay, let me say it another way. Your increase comes from your release. Let me say it another way. What you see comes from what you've sown. Let me say it another way. How big you live comes from how big you give. And I want to stir generosity in you because during times like these, you know what's amazing? Is that whenever there's times of uncertainty, the spirit that gets released is selfishness. Ooh, let's talk. Whenever there's times of uncertainty, the spirit that gets released is to begin to hoard. And so people will get as much as they can and can as much as they get. What's amazing to me is I read a story about a gentleman who had purchased like 17,000 bottles of sanitizer that they thought they were going to be able to mark up online to try to make a major profit from people. Y'all better hear me. Trying to make a major profit off of people wanting sanitizer. Now, now listen, there's nothing wrong with wanting to create a business 
and create profit. Here's my question. But why were you trying to gouge and take advantage of people's fear? Because whenever there's uncertainty in the land, selfishness comes in the land. And I break that spirit off of you thinking that you have to live, watch me, in, with selfishness because you're afraid of having lack. Lack shall not come now your house. I'm going to speak it again until you act like you heard me. Lack shall not come nigh your house. You serve a God that does exceedingly and abundantly above all that you ask or think. You and I serve a God that is the God that has more than enough. He's got great supply. I need you to release that. Say, lack's not coming near me. It ain't. Yeah, you ain't going to have to worry about lack. And I don't even care if you've had some change or they cut your hours or change your job. I'm going to tell you, if God is first, lack ain't coming near your house. Selfishness gets released. It is the spirit that says, let me hoard. Let me get all I can and can all that I get. But can I give you Bible? Proverbs 11.25 says this. Whoever brings blessing, let's talk, will be enriched. In other words, I'm blessed to be a blessing and the one who waters will himself be watered let me ask you something watch me if you get into selflessness and if you get into trying to survive look at me some of you you've already beat way worse than what you're going through right now but if you get in a surviving mentality you will start acting like you somebody on the streets instead of somebody whose god has streets that are paved out of gold and I need you to hear me and hear me clearly. Don't let that spirit attach itself to you, especially during this time. Because this is going to be the time you're about to thrive. This is going to be the time you're about to live. This is going to be the time, watch me, where stuff you've been fighting to get off of your credit, they just going to take it off. Y'all ain't saying that to me. This is going to be the stuff where you applied for it last year. It didn't work. You apply for it this year and they're going to give it to you. Why? Because you will not allow that spirit of selfishness. To overtake you. Can I get you to just lay one of your hands on yourself and just say, I rebuke selflessness. I rebuke it. I rebuke it. Say this. Say, I rebuke stingy. Come on. Speak that over your life. Say, I rebuke trying to survive. Listen, to every one of my business owners, don't you get caught up in a survival mentality right now. Because you'll start making decisions that don't match your season. I'm going to say it again. You'll start making decisions that don't match your season. This is the time for you to live large, not the time for you to live like you're just trying to survive. Let me push this thing because watch this. Isaiah 54, what does he say? Verse 1, sing, O barren one who did not bear, past tense, break forth into singing and cry aloud. In other words, what have we been saying? Your victory needs your voice. And this is the reason why I keep having you to say things. Because if we're very honest, many of you watch me, your words haven't been quite the way they need to be lately. Because some of what's been going on around you has been getting in you and coming back up out of you. And so in the name of Jesus, I need you to hear me. Your victory needs your voice. I need you to say this with me. Say, Father, I cancel every negative word and I cancel every negative confession that I have spoken about my life. Come on, say it. Say, I cancel its power and I cancel its fruit from manifesting. Come on, let's put some good stuff in the atmosphere. Say, I'm shalom and successful. Come on, 915, say it with me. I'm shalom and I'm successful. It says, enter singing and cry aloud, you who have not been in labor. Now, check this out. It says, for the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. Look at me about it. Remember, 
This imagery of this barren widow woman is the imagery of you and I. So even though it's talking about a woman, it's not literally about a woman. It's actually literally about you and I. And I need you to catch this. It says you have not been in labor. Now, this is really significant because he's saying things are going to change. And very quickly, you're going to go from no child, no productivity, no progress, no fruit to where you're carrying something. You missed me. He says, very quickly, you're going to change, watch me, even the way you walk. Let's go. You're going to change the way you do things. Let's go. You're going to change the way you operate. He says, because you're going from being a barren widow woman to a productive one. Mm. You're going from one that was struggling to one that's going to be thriving. You're going from one that was worried how you going to make it to now you helping other folks make it. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Things are about to change quickly. I need you to just do it with me prophetically. Snap your finger on three. One, two, three. Snap it right there. He says, he says, things are about to change very quickly. He says the desolate one will be more than of those that are, are married. In other words, there's others that got a head start. And what's amazing is everything that's going on in the world is leveling the playing field. You better hear me. There's people who had a head start. And God is allowing what's going on in the world. Look at me, church. God's allowing what's going on in the world. Watch me. So that you can catch up. And you're not just going to catch up, but you're going to outdo. How do you know that, Bishop? Because I just read. It says that you will have more productivity than the one that was married. What does that mean? Than the one that had a head start. And then the one that they gave the loan to and they didn't give it to you, to the one that they said yes to and they said no to you, to the one. He says, it doesn't matter where you were, but you're going to outproduce. And I need somebody to just lay your hands on yourself. Say, it's my turn. It's my turn. It's my turn. But, but that requires something. It requires release. What do you mean it requires release? Let's just go back to this imagery of a child. If you got a child... That child's in you. It's being produced in you. And what's happening literally for you and I? We're becoming better, stronger, wiser. There are things that happen to you. Uh, watch me. There are certain things that happen to you where you don't have 15 minutes to respond. You got 15 seconds to get it together. Y'all better hear me. I know I'm preaching, right? Uh, there are things that have happened that have happened quickly. So you're in the place of productivity. The child in the text represents your fruitfulness. Your results, your productivity. Say those three words with me. Fruitfulness, results, productivity. That just means you're going to have something to show. And for some of you, you need to hear me. What God's been preparing you for is to have the capacity to have something to show. See, you've been saying stuff and not seeing stuff, but God's using what's going on in the world to change that. Now, look at me, look at me, look at me. <clears throat> Once the woman would be pregnant... The woman now, at some point, is going to have to release what she's been carrying. Uh-oh, look at me. She can't hold on to it and keep it in the form it was. Because the form it was, watch me, was only when it wasn't supposed to be seen. But now, watch me, when it's time to give birth, that means it's time for everybody around to see what's been going on in you. Mm. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. In other words, she cannot hold on. See, some of you, you, you've been holding on to your anger, holding on to your frustration. You've been holding on to people that are proving they ain't about nothing. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. And you're going to have to learn how to let it go. 
You're going to have to learn how to release it. There's only way you can see increase is it's got to come through some form of release. Let's look at verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Okay, we've been talking about that. That's like the contractions that a woman has. The stronger the contractions get means the closer she is to birthing something. Hmm. Okay, check this out. The stronger the contractions get, the closer she is to birthing something. But you know what else, though? Uh, She can't see that those contractions have been enlarging her. Enlarging her so that she could release what was in her. Uh Uh-oh. Enlarging her so she could release what was in her. Look at me. There are certain stuff that God knew you wouldn't release it until you were laying on your back. What does that mean? To when you weren't in a position to do what you wanted to do, how you wanted to do, when you wanted to do it. There are certain things God has been using your pain to get you in position to release some of you, you've never sown $500 before. Some of you never sown a thousand, two, three, four, whatever. God says, I'm going to use what's going on around you to get you in position to release something. And I need everybody on the count of three to open up your mouth. And you type it if you're in this building, you say it, release. One, two, three, release. Say it again. One, two, three, release. It says, I need you to enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. So he says, I need you to get ready for discomfort, okay? Now, look at this, look at this. If I'm going to release something, there is discomfort because I'm used to holding it. I am used to holding it. So to release it, there's discomfort. The discomfort is that I'm used to having something in my hand. But what happens when you're holding on so tight to what's in your hand? And when you're holding on so tight to what's in your hand, God is like, I want to exchange you. You give me that pen, and I'm going to give you this. You missed it. You release your little, and I'm going to give you something bigger. You release your living small, and I'm going to give you living large. Here's the discomfort. I got to let go of what I know and let go of what I could count on and let go of what I'm used to seeing. I had to let that go so that I could grab and receive something that was larger than what I had before. Y'all better hear me. For many of you, there are certain things God is breaking up your love affair with. Mm. What you mean? See, because for some of you, you actually are in a love relationship with your money. You're in a love relationship with people that are no good for you. And sometimes the discomfort comes that I got to let go of what I have in order to receive something that's greater something that's better, something that's bigger. Now, check this out. He says, let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Discomfort. Here it is. Do not hold back. I need everybody to say that with me. Do not hold back, which means don't play it safe. Play it by faith. Why would he say don't hold back? Because I can't hold on to small and large at the same time. You miss me. I can't hold on to the past and embrace the future at the same time. See, there's certain things you just need to come to the reality of. You need to come to grips with. All right? Watch me. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. So he says, you're going to deal with some discomfort, but I need you to dig in. And I need you not to hold back. Look at verse 3. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left. And your offspring, what is that? Your results your fruit, 
your productivity. Say it with me. Results, your fruit, your productivity. Say it with me. Your results, your fruit, your productivity. Now, remember, that's what children mean in the text for you and I. Watch me. Will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. In other words, he says, what you're about to release is going to create an increase that is so significant you will possess nations and you'll feel desolate cities. Stop. A desolate city means not only are there no people, it means there's no infrastructure, it means there's no structure, it means there's no system of culture, it means that there's nothing there. Check this out, which means what you release will be so significant, it will have the ability to put everything that's needed in place. I need, I'm going to say it again because you're missing it. Because some of you, your issue is that God, watch this, the only thing you can see is the next step. He hasn't shown you 15 steps down the road. And can I help you? He's not going to show you. All you need to realize is that to live large, you got to give large. And if I release what I got today, y'all not talking to me. If I release what I got today, I'll be able to see it increase tomorrow. It says it's going to fill desolate cities. Which means, what does that mean? You need a police force. You need firefighters. You need movie theaters. You need restaurants. Everything you need, look at me, is locked up in your seed. Shut up. Everything you need is locked up in your seed. So he says, don't play it safe when it comes to releasing your seed. Why? He says, because if you hold back, then what you have will be all you ever have. I need you to catch that. Let's just be honest for a moment. When it comes to, let's just take this beyond money. Let's just take this to forgiveness, for example. There's many times we're holding on to things because all you have is your negative attitude. All you have is your negativity about what they did to you and how they treat Can I be honest with you? People get me with this church hurt stuff because I'm like, what about pastor hurt? Y'all not saying that to me. Well, what about the people that have literally used and abused it and you didn't taught them up and built them up and then they'll go out there and do good for somebody else out there and then have tail in here. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. What, what about the people that you literally have walked through their mess with and walked through their drama with? And the moment, the one time you need them, they can't even be counted on. If I chose to hold on to that bitterness and that unforgiveness and that anger, I wouldn't even have the ability to grab the microphone and say anything positive. Watch me, because the only thing I'd want to do is get on the mic and cuss. Can we talk? Can we talk? Can we talk Facebook? Can we talk YouTube? But I had to make a decision years ago that it's not worth holding on to that. I got to release it because everything I need, come on here, is locked up in my seed. Come on, y'all. Speaking of everything I need is locked up in my seed, which means the healing I needed was locked up in me releasing the seed of unforgiveness. See, when I released forgiveness... Because I let go of unforgiveness. Watch me. My emotional healing was locked up in the net. Y'all better hear me. Everything you need is locked up in something that you have to release. So let me show you this text. Uh, uh, Galatians 6 and 7. Galatians 6 and 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Now, sometimes people think that they can do wrong by God. Do wrong by God's church. Do wrong by God's people. And get away with it. If that was true, God would be mocked. In other words, you ever had somebody that they knew what they were doing was ratchet? And did it anyhow because in their mind, what you going to do? Come on. 
And they mind, you ain't going to do nothing. You ain't going to say nothing. You ain't, you, 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 watch me. You need me. Ooh, boo, 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 boo. Miscalculation. <laughs> watch me. We've all had people, right? We've all, if you're online, do the hand wave emoji. Do the hand wave emoji. If you've had people to do that. We've all had people to do that. Every single one of us. And let's tell the whole truth. And some people, you the ones that have done it to somebody else. Can we tell the truth? You with Bishop Foreman. You can tell the truth. You ain't got to lie. You ain't got to lie to kick it. Let's tell the truth. Here's the truth. We all have been on both sides of that. Well, we have had things done to us for people like, what you going to do? And then there's things we've done to people where in our minds we thought, what you going to do? Let's just tell the whole truth. Here's what the Bible says. God ain't mocked. Which means God says, whatever you sow, you're going to reap that. The world calls it karma. They got it from the Bible. See, if you keep sowing inconsistency, let me tell you what you're going to reap in people. Inconsistency. But a harvest is always greater than the seed that was sown. See, it's amazing to me to watch people make certain decisions in life and think that God's just going to let them get away with that. It's amazing to me. I have seen people do things, and they did it with such disdain and such an attitude and such mess. And years later, God will bring it back around to him and say, hey, son, I just want you to see what happened to so-and-so because I just needed you to know ain't nobody going to mock me. Let's go. God says, I will not be mocked. And can I be honest with us today? The reality is if you want to change what you're seeing, you got to change what you're sowing. And yes, I'm talking about giving financially, but can I tell you it's bigger than that. You have got to make sure you ain't putting out what you don't want to get back. Because for many of you, if you got a harvest of what you've sown, you ain't going to have nothing but hell. And I need you to be cognizant of the scripture. Because God says, I won't be mocked. You, 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 you may have thought you got away. You may have thought I didn't see it. You maybe thought I didn't pay attention to it. You maybe thought that somehow, watch me, uh, because see, here's what some people think. Well, I asked for forgiveness, but that doesn't change what you put into motion. See, you can ask for forgiveness, but it doesn't change what you put into motion. See, if you shoot somebody in the foot, you can say, oh, my God, please forgive me. They can forgive you, but they still got a hole in their foot they got to go get surgery for. Got it? You probably still might get locked up. It doesn't change what you put into motion. Everybody look at me. There are certain things I need you to be very careful with what you're sowing during this season. Why? Because watch me. Because we just read that the harvest is going to come quick. So you got to be careful that you ain't putting mess out there. Because you're going to reap mess real fast. And you've been through too much hell than to go through another three months of mess. You've been through too much mess. You've been through too much heartache. You've been through too much pain to go through another three months of mess. I need you to release this over your life. Say, I'm living large with no mess. Come on, speak it, y'all. I'm living large with no mess. So here it is, Genesis 26. I'm about done. Genesis 26. Here you go. In Genesis 26, in Genesis 26, verse 1. I like this verse. If you get our devotion through our app. If you don't have our app, text Harvest at 59769, get our app. Um, because I sent this to you yesterday. Now, there was a famine where? In the land. Everybody look at me. Famine affects who? Everybody. Because what does a famine do? It creates uncertainty. Uncertainty in the food. Uncertainty in business. Uncertainty with jobs. Uncertainty with economy. Uncertainty with the government. See, if there's a famine, everything changes. Look at me. 
What's going on in the world has created a famine. Y'all better hear me. Y'all better hear me. You better hear me. But this thing is, watch me. But I need you to release this. Say, but I'm exempt. Please open your mouth. Please open your mouth and say, but I'm exempt. And what exempts me, Bishop? My giving is what exempts me. Because if I got seed in the ground, I got harvest on the way. Let me show you in the Bible. Let me show you. There was a famine in the land, uncertainty. Business is affected. People aren't spending what they're spending. They don't need the employees that they needed before. Y'all catching it? The government is doing things differently because they're trying to make sure they have enough uh, for everybody. And then you've got people that are taking advantage of it because you've got insiders that are making sure that the way that the legislation is being written is confusing to the everyday person. And only those that are of the elite status know how to get into it. Come on, y'all, let's talk. You've got all of this uncertainty. And notice what the Bible says. Besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. Now, I need you to catch that. This means this is the second time some stuff is going down. And as I said earlier, the reason that this uh, is exciting for me is because Harvest Church was birthed the last famine. Y'all not hearing me. It was during the economic downturn when the real estate markets and the economy were going through and bailouts were happening left and right for companies and billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. And it was in that time that God says birth a church. So here we are now in another famine. Come on, y'all. And in another famine, God's getting ready to make a church bigger. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You better hear me. Everybody connected to Harvest. Everybody connected to this V. This is our time. This is our season. And this is our turn. And what do we start speaking? That God's going to put something big in our hands. Well, God is using a famine to put something big in our hands. I need everybody to holler, yeah, right there. He says there was a famine in the land besides the former famine that uh, was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Gerar. Watch me. And Isaac went to Gerar to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines. Now, now check this out, y'all. Gerar means lodging place after a layover. Shut up! You're like, why did he holler shut up at me? You got to go look at uh, Wednesday's message. <laughs> you got to go look at Wednesday's message. You got to go look at it cause, because we talked about large layovers on Wednesday. So Isaac, he goes to Gerar, <laughs> which means lodging place after a layover. I don't know who this is for, but I came to prophesy into your life <laughs> that your layover has just changed. Come on here. That your layover has just changed. You are going to your lodging place. Hey, I need you to release and say, my layover is over. Come on, type it on the screen, y'all. My layover is over. Yeah. Even in the midst of famine, God is bringing your layover to its conclusion. You're getting ready to take over, to rule, and to reign, and to conquer, and to sub. So listen, listen. He says, and Isaac came to Gerar, which means a lodging place after a layover. You remember this from Wednesday, right? In other words, he says, I know there's uncertainty. For everybody else, Isaac. But for you, Isaac, your layover is over. 
Come on. I know there's uncertainty in the government, uncertainty in the job market, uncertainty in the economy, uncertainty all around you. Matter of fact, some of the folk around you have been contributing to your uncertainty. But God says, Isaac, and I need you to type your name on the screen. Isaac, for you, your layover is over. And that's the reason why I needed to show you some of the people that were around you. I need you to see how they really act, how they really think. And let me tell you what these last few weeks have been doing. People have been showing their true colors. They couldn't hide them no more. Because whenever you don't go through the motions, you can't act no more because you're not used to reading your lines and your script no more. I need you to type that on the screen. My layover is over. My, my, I ain't worried about what's going on around the world. I'm praying and I'm fasting, but my layover is over. I need you to release it. Mine is over. And Isaac went to Gerar. Let's go to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. Now, the Philistines are an enemy to God's people. You better hear me. God sends Isaac to go to an enemy of their people. Because Abimelech was the name of several different Philistine kings. You want to know what it means? My father is king. You better hear me. God sends him to somebody that's their enemy. But the name of their enemy means my God is king. You can't vote him in. You can't vote him out. You can't legislate him in. You can't legislate him out. My father is king. I need you to know that. I need you to hear me in Atlanta. I need you to hear me in Miami. I need you to hear me in Canada. I need you to hear me in San Diego. God is king. And when he is king, you better hear me. There's nothing too hard for God. Look, y'all. Look, look, look. In verse 2. And the Lord appeared to him. So he's, he's in a lodging place. After his layover. And God says, now go talk to your enemy. What? Go confront your enemy. Whoop. Don't run from it. Deal with it. And I speak that into somebody's life. Don't let quarantine make you passive aggressive. Y'all ain't saying that right now. Don't let quarantine make you text what you need to talk. Watch me, I got to finish. He says, don't go down to Egypt. He says, dwell in the land which I shall tell you. This is the Lord talking to Isaac. And when Isaac is in a lodging place after his layover, and God says, go talk to the people that have been an enemy to you, your people for years. Because I'm about to do something right in front of the Philistines. Y'all ready? Look at verse 3. Sojourn in this land, and I will what? Bewitch you. Land, watch me, land, what, what land is he referring to? The land there's a famine. He says, in the middle of uncertainty, you keep walking. Ooh, in the middle of uncertainty, you keep walking. You keep sojourning. You keep, you keep it moving. Can I get you to type that on the screen? Keep it moving. Sojourn, that's what that means. He means, listen, in the midst of famine, you keep walking. Don't get stuck, because when you get stuck, you're going to be like Chuck, and don't nobody know who Chuck is. <laughs> but all we know is Chuck is stuck. 
And listen, you were stuck in 19. That ain't happening this year. You were stuck in the last decade. That ain't happening this year. Some of you were stuck in the beginning of March. That ain't happening. Let's go. He says, keep it moving. Keep it moving. Keep it, keep it moving. Keep the church going forward. Let's go. Keep the business going forward. Let's go. Keep your children going forward. Let's go. Keep it moving. Soldier in the land, even if you're not feeling that good, keep it moving. Get your liquids, get your health, and get yourself up. This ain't the end of you. This is not the end of your story. Baby, this ain't a period. This is a comma. For to you and your offspring, hold on, I missed a good part. I'll be with you. Somebody say, God is with me. God says, I'm with you even in the midst of famine, even in the midst of uncertainty. I will be with you, and I will what? Bless you. In the midst of what? Famine. In the midst of uncertainty, I got you. Can I just get you to release that? Say, God's got me. God's got me. God's got me. Even in the midst of uncertainty, God says, I got you. He said, famine's going on around you, but I got you. Got it. To your offspring. Shut up. To your productivity. To your results. To your fruit. To your productivity. To your results. And to your fruit. I will give, watch me, these lands, which means you're about to receive something because you kept it moving in the midst of famine. He says, I'm about to give you stuff that other people dropped and ran from. I'm about to give you buildings that other people dropped and ran from. Y'all better hear me. What you've been praying for is about to be in your possession. But I need you to keep it moving. And I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham, your father. When did, he make the, when did God make him the promise? The last famine. When is he going to fulfill the promise? This famine. Y'all listen. Let me just speak to our church. When did God make us a promise? Last famine. When he going to do it for us? This one. Y'all better get ready. Y'all better get ready. I prophesy lines of people waiting to get into the building. I prophesy beyond a thousand people giving their lives to the Lord, but exceedingly abundantly. I prophesy every disease that can be named being healed through this place called Harvest. I prophesy that we are the people that turn Denver and turn Atlanta and every other city we step into upside down. <laughs> God says, I promised it to you last famine. But I'm going to give it to you this famine. I made you a promise years ago. But I'm going to do it right here and right now. Somebody shout yeah! This thing is good to me. Some of you, there's some stuff God promised last time you were going through hell that he's about to give you this time watch watch he says i'm gonna bless you i'm gonna be with you i'm about to make you large in the middle of a lodging place in the middle of a lodging place because you kept it moving isaac and even when i said have some conversations with people you know don't like you even when I said make an approach and make an application and you know they can't stand you. He says, I'm about to do it for you. Here it is. Let me see the verse. Let me see the verse. He says, I'm going to establish the oath that I swore to Abraham, your father. Check this out, y'all. Let's go down to verse 12. 
Y'all ready? Because here it is. Y'all ready? Here go, here go, here go, here go. God, I feel like preaching. In the middle of famine, uncertainty for everybody, God says to Isaac, I need you to just say, it's me. He says to Isaac, Isaac, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to bless you. And what I promised you last famine, I'm going to put in your possession this famine. Can I be honest? Because Isaac, you kept it moving. You've been moving since the last famine. (laughs) You've been walking since the last famine. You've been sojourning since the last famine. And watch what Isaac does. Please pay attention. Because for some of you, I need you not to just shout about it. I need you to see it. And this is how you're going to see it. And Isaac, look at the verse. Sowed in that land. What land? Uncertainty. What time? During a famine? When things weren't clear about the jobs and the economy and food and business and government, Isaac said, let me get my seed in the ground. Y'all better hear me. Now was the best time ever to get you some seed in the ground. You better hear me. Don't you let fear shut you down or shut you you up. Now is the best time because some of you, you were working for the company, but come April, you're going to own that. You better hear what I'm saying. Now is the best time. It's Shabbat. And Isaac, so y'all, I, I promise you, I would throw my mic if I was able to do that. I can't do that because we're streaming. And Isaac, so, and it's, <laughs> listen, wherever I threw it, listen, ain't nobody over there. <laughs> it's going to take too long to get it back. And Isaac, say your name. Sold. In the midst of uncertainty. Watch me. Here's the shout. And he reaped. Look at me, please. It didn't take until next year. He sowed in March. Come on. He sowed in April. He sowed in January, February. And your Bible says that he reaped what? 100 fold when the same I need you to type that on the screen this year 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 wait he sold in the midst of uncertainty that's what your bible says and he reaped now here's my issue. When the last time, we're not an agricultural society, so we may not be able to relate to this as much. But just flow with me, y'all. If he sold, how in the world did it grow that fast? Watch me and be, watch me. Because normally when you sow, you expect a part of your harvest. You expect a part of it to die because of insects, or whatever. The Bible says this man didn't just sow. This man saw a hundredfold return on the seed he put in the ground. See, some of you, you got to get that seed, get it out of your house, get it out of your hand, send it right away. Watch me. But here's the part that, okay, this is so good to me. Okay, y'all ready? He sowed, and what happened? He reaped. Why? Because that's the Bible. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also. Here's the shout. Then the Lord blessed him. 
Y'all clearly don't know how to speak the King's English around here. The Bible says he reaped a hundredfold because the Lord was with him. But God says, I ain't even blessed you yet. God says, Isaac, I ain't even blessed you yet. Your hundredfold return is because I'm with you. But I ain't even blessed you. Some of you are looking at me right now and you need to get your seed in the ground because 2020 is about to be your best financial year ever. Then the Lord blessed him. Go to the next part. Then the Lord blessed him. Y'all ready? Check this out. Verse 13. And the man became rich. Wait a minute. It's a famine for everybody else. It's uncertainty for everybody else. Everybody else shutting down. He opening up. Everybody else trying to figure it out. And he's sitting here making loans. Y'all not saying nothing. And the man became rich. In the same year, everyone else is in a famine. And he gained more and more until he became very, here it goes, wealthy. Oh, let me connect the dots in case you ain't been in this series. To live large means to live shalom and successful. Shalom is the same as the word wealthy. So the man started to live very large. His large giving caused him to live large. Verse 14, and he had possessions of flocks and herds and many servants. Watch this last part. So that the Philistines wanted to be him. Let me tell you why many of you over the last 12 months, you've had so many issues that have messed with your trust with people. It's because God was preparing you to be surrounded by people that want to be you. You better hear me. Many of you, let's tell the truth, y'all. If I'm telling the truth online, I need you to say, he's talking, he's talking, say something to me. Say, you right, you right, he's talking, say something to me. For many of you over the last 12 months, you have dealt with things that have challenged your trust with people, that have challenged your ability to believe in people, challenged your ability to even interact with people. And many of you, let me get in your business, many of you, you even thought to yourself, you know what, I'm just done. I'm just so sick and tired of these. Am I telling the truth in the building? Let me tell you what God was getting you ready for. To be envied. Because if we kept reading, and I don't have time. If you kept reading, you'd see that the Bible says the Philistines envied him. And they started, look at me. He has all of these wells. They started putting dirt on him. Putting dirt on what he owned. They tried to sabotage him, but they couldn't stop him. They tried to shut him down, but they couldn't stop him. And I'm going to speak it into your life. I need you to get used to other people looking at you and wanting to be you. I, listen, and it ain't an arrogance thing. And then uh, I need you not to be haughty. I need you not to be prideful. I need you not to think more highly of yourself than you are. I just need you to not be surprised when they look at you with an attitude and don't even know you. The Bible says, and the Philistines envied him. Here it is. Can I get you, wherever you're at, can I get you to stand with me? If you can't stand. If you're driving, don't you stand up. All right? If you're in a hospital bed, don't you stand up. But I prophesy you out of that bed by Wednesday. <laughs> listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Um, the Bible says that Isaac sowed in that same year he received a hundredfold. I want to challenge you. Don't become selfish.
release your seed. And yes, I'm talking financially. If you're not a tither, start today. If you're not a giver, start today. Why? I need you to get that seed out in this first quarter. Why? So that in the last three you can be reaping. Some of you, you have the, you have the 100 can a day. You can sow it right now. But you're like, oh, God, what about this? What about this? What about my kids? Listen, listen, listen. Can I just stretch your faith? Can I stretch your faith? Isaac sowed in the midst of uncertainty and famine. And the Bible says, and the same, that doesn't even make sense that the same year, how does he get a hundredfold return and everybody else doesn't? Because to live large, you got to give large. But can I push this beyond money? For some of you, there's some stuff you need to let go of. Some baggage you've been carrying, some unforgiveness you've been carrying. Some, I can't believe so-and-so would do that you've been carrying. I need you to let that go. Can I get everybody in this building, everybody in line, say, Lord, I let it go. I let it go. It's amazing because even though there's just a few of us here in this building, the power of God's so strong. And what's amazing to me is you think, oh, man, it'd just be a quick little, little one, two, three-point message. But y'all need to know your bishop always is going to make sure you're fed and fed well. Not once over since this has been happening, have you not been, except we had that little layover on Wednesday. But we still got that plane up off the ground. Y'all ain't saying that. We had a little layover on Wednesday, but that plane still got off the ground. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, 
I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Diwali, the Festival of Lights, is a vibrant and colorful celebration that marks the victory of light over darkness and good over evil. We invite you to celebrate Diwali with a drive through two and a half miles of sparkling lights at the Bull Run Festival of Lights in Centerville, Virginia. The Bull Run Festival of Lights is open November 10th through January 7th. Save time and money by purchasing a ticket online at bullrunfestivaloflights.com. That's bullrunfestivaloflights.com. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. Hey, hey. 